0: You're listening to a message preached at Front Range Baptist Church by Pastor Dean Miller. It is our prayer that this message will be a help and encouragement to you in your spiritual walk. Now, here's Pastor Miller. I take your Bibles this morning and look at Acts chapter 12. It thrills my heart, as I know it does yours, to see young people with a passion uh, to uh, excellence and to worship and serve the Lord with that spirit. And uh, my heart was thrilled today. And all the songs that we've sung today about America have been songs um, about prayer for God's blessing and God's power and God's help and grace on our country. And boy, do we need that today. It is prayer time in America. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna be in Acts chapter 12. And I'm preaching on this subject this morning, chain-breaking or bondage-breaking prayer. How many believe that God answers prayer? How many believe that? Okay, well, don't show hands on this question. But how many of us are praying like we really believe that? The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 12 today that Herod stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. You know why he did that? I believe because the church was vexing Herod. <laughs> I, be- I believe that the church had been a, uh, I believe that the church had been a thorn in the side of uh, the leaders here in Jerusalem. And they just tried to figure out how to get rid of this church. They thought, we'll just kill their leader. Well, they tried to do that one time before. And he just came out of the tomb. Remember that? So Herod hadn't learned his lesson, so he came after James, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. But then were the days of unleavened bread. It was the feast days. And uh, as we learned before, Herod was a strong legalist in the sense of the Jewish religion. And so it was a time of fasting and a time of preparation. And when he had apprehended him, Peter, he put Peter in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter or Passover to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Now look at this next phrase and mark it carefully in your Bible. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Prayer that broke the chains of the prison and set the one in bondage free. And I want to tell you today that there is a prayer that breaks bondage and chains. The Bible tells us that we are to pray. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. I spoke last week about this, that the great mark of the early church was that the early church knew how to pray. And they knew how to pray, and they saturated every part of their lives with prayer. And through that, God gave them great victory. I want to tell you today, what is missing in our churches is not organization. It's not preparation. It's not programs. uh, It's not even preaching. What's missing in our churches today is prayer it's missing in the church Uh, I like what one old evangelist said one time he said the modern-day church has changed the fire of the prayer room for the smoke of the fellowship room and I believe that the church has lost its way because the church has lost its prey we need to learn to pray today's church is mostly powerless because most churches today are prayerless Spiritual victory comes through spiritual means, and spiritual means are obtained by prayer. This kind cometh not forth but by prayer and fasting. You want to see God do mighty things in your life? Then you need to learn how to pray. May we come like the disciples and just say, Lord, teach us to pray. Not just how to pray, but just to pray. Just to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. A prayer should not be the church's last resource. It ought to be our first response. (laughs) I told you before about a man who came to my office and said, Preacher, I don't know what we're going to do. And I said, Well, I think we need to pray. He said, Has it come to that? Has it come to that? I mean, we're finally down to prayer. Well, friend, it should have been the first response. Uh, Nations are delivered through prayer. We see it in Second 2 Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall pray, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin, I'll heal their land. Nations are delivered through prayer. Think about, think about uh, Nineveh. Jonah came preaching, and the place repented, and they went to prayer to God. And what happened? God turned the captivity of Nineveh and his judgment away from them by prayer. Families are delivered by prayer. Do you remember? Job was under great bondage and great affliction. Job, his whole family was under turmoil. But the Bible said at the end of that book that when Job prayed, God turned his captivity. Families are delivered by prayer. I think, about, I think about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah living in that wicked city. God would have saved that city had there been some righteous people in that city that would have prayed and turned to God. Individuals are delivered by prayer individuals are delivered by prayer. Peter was delivered by prayer, wasn't he? <laughs> and we found it here. There is a bondage-breaking prayer. Now, what I told you last week was this, and I want to review very quickly. Last week, I told you that while Peter was in prison, the church was in prayer. And listen, while he was in bondage, the church was free to pray. And I gave you the first point last week was freedom to pray. You know, no matter what what happens in this world, we're always free to pray. They can, they can overrule and, ca- and say, well, prayer can't be made in the public school. Can I tell you? You can pray in the public school. You can pray in the college. You can pray at work. You can pray at your job. You can pray right here while I'm preaching today. You are free to pray. You can come before God anywhere, anytime. The Bible said, I would that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Paul said, I would that men would pray everywhere, everywhere. Hey, listen, if you're, somebody said one time, he said, do I I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be, uh, to go to heaven? I said, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to drive down I 25. You better be praying when you're driving down I 25. You better pray. You got to learn to pray that men would pray everywhere, everywhere, everywhere that men would pray. That's the freedom to pray. Number two, number two, uh, there is the fervency of prayer. This church prayed, but prayer was made without. Ceasing. That word without ceasing has the idea of a continual fervency in prayer. These people prayed fervently. They prayed with passion. And I, I want to remind you that the Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, we just don't pray with fervency. I mean, or we just mean business with God. Where we get on our knees and we say, God, I'm not getting up until I know that I have reached heaven with prayer. Now, I mean fervent prayer. But notice this very carefully in verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. All right, Peter's in prison. But what happened? But prayer was made. Why? Because that's the freedom to pray. And prayer was made without ceasing. That's the fervency of prayer. But notice this. It was made without ceasing, watch this, of the church. Now, what is that? Uh, that is the fellowship of prayer, the fellowship of prayer there is a fellowship to be made in prayer listen Do you know that after the resurrection of Jesus Christ? You'll never see Christians referred to in the singular sense It's always in the we and the us It's always in a plural form. There's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. You know, people say, well, I don't need to go to church. I can go to the lake and worship God. Well, yeah, you can, but you don't. (laughs) Well, I can worship God on the golf course. (laughs) No, you can't. (laughs) Well, you could, but you don't. Uh, Listen, there is something about the church. The gathering together of God's people, like we do on Sunday mornings, at nine forty five in our in our Bible fellowships at eleven o 'clock here in the morning service, we gather together on Wednesday nights and we gather together and we have a time of Bible study and a time of prayer. The church gathers in, in many different ways and listen the church ought to be in prayer there 's a fellowship in prayer they prayed together now there's something about praying together there's something about humbling yourselves with one another before god there's something about there Praying desperately and hearing one another call out to God. Now, why should we pray together? Well, I'll tell you why. Because prayer is for the believer. Uh, Write this reference down. 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Write this reference down. Don't don't miss this. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you might know. That you have eternal life. Aren't you glad that we have that assurance of salvation? You know, you might know that you have eternal life and that you might believe in the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And we know that if He hear us, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. Now, let me ask you a question. Who is the we and who is the us in that? This is the confidence that we have, that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Who is the we and the us in that passage of scripture? It's those who've believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God hears the prayer of those who have put their faith and trust in Christ. Prayer is reserved for the people. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven. How is he your father? You've been born again. You've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been saved. Prayer is, listen, prayer, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God as, is sovereign and he is able to hear the prayer of anyone he chooses. But God has specifically made prayer accessible and available and answerable to believers, to those who have believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you in this room have believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for eternal salvation? How many of you believed on that? Okay. Then prayer is for you. And when those of us who have believed on Him get together with one another and we pray together, we have the opportunity to pray, listen to me, in Jesus' name. Now when we pray in Jesus' name, now it's not wrong to just make it a tagline on the end of your prayer, but that's not what what it meant to just say it at the very end of the prayer, in Jesus' name. That's not what it meant. It meant that we're coming in His stead, in His authority. We're coming by His right. In other words, praying in Jesus' name means that I am coming to God in the right of Jesus Christ. Now you know who has the right to do that? Those who have come to Jesus Christ. Those of us who have come to Christ, He has unlocked the door of heaven and said, come in before your Father and pray to your Father. And your Father would see thee in secret shall reward thee openly. You have a right to pray. Why does the church need to pray together? Because the church is promised that prayer is for the believer. Not only that, but prayer is for the church. Write this reference down in Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. Matthew 18 and 19 and 20. Now, the context of this passage of Scripture is uh, the church, and, and it's, it's dealing with forgiving one another. By the way, can I tell you that God's not going to hear a prayer of people who hold grudges? If you're not right with one another, if you're not right with each other, uh, the Lord's not going to hear a prayer of that. And the Bible's teaching us how to be right with one another and how to go to the church and deal with matters and issues the right way in the church. And then he says in that context, again I say unto you, In verse 19, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now, listen, uh, the Lord didn't say that we have to gather in twos and threes. He just said, you take the minimum amount of believers that can get together, uh, and you, you put those believers together, and they agree to come before me in prayer on a specific thing to trust me with that, and I can tell you there is power in that in the church. I want to tell you that there is power in this kind of prayer when God's people get together and pray. Let me ask you a question. Are you praying and are you praying with anyone else? Are you praying together? If you're an adult Bible fellowship, your adult Bible fellowship needs to be a group of prayer. If you're a deacon, the deacon board needs to be a group of prayer. I can tell you, when we come to deacons' meetings, we take prayer requests. We pray together. We pray before we start. We pray when we are done. Uh, while we're in the middle of it, I'm praying the whole time. You know why? Because I'm full of, that room is full of deacons. <laughs> and I'm praying the entire time without ceasing, fervently. No. We have a wonderful group of deacons, and we make those meetings a time of prayer. I want to tell you, when the orchestra meets, it needs to have prayer. When, uh, when the musicians meet, they need to pray. When uh, the nursery workers meet, they need to pray. Any committee that meets in this church ought to pray together. How to pray together you need to have some people that you can go to and say let's agree on this and pray together about this and let's fervently seek the Lord together about this the church can only run on the engine of prayer and so they need to pray that's the fellowship of prayer now notice this under the, the, the prayer was made of the church now watch this watch this unto God unto God now what is that that's the faith of their prayer The fellowship of their prayer was the church prayed together. Is everybody with me today? Uh, The church prayed together and uh, they prayed together unto God. Now that's the faith of that church. They prayed to God Now can I tell you what they weren't doing? They weren't praying to one another And they weren't praying to impress one another Sometimes you get together in public prayer meetings and everybody feels like they have to be a miniature Shakespeare Oh God of Jeroboam, Rehoboam and all the Boam brothers The God of Jehoshaphat and the skinny people too. (laughs) Oh, thou that hearest prayer, these and thou's. And sometimes we think we have to impress God through our speaking. Can I tell you something, friend? We don't pray to impress God. He knows your frame. He made you. He remembers that you're dust. Remember that? (laughs) We're not praying to impress God. Uh, Well, what are we praying for? We're not praying to even inform God. God knows what you have need of before you ask him. So why are we going to prayer? We're going to prayer to invite God. You know, I'll tell you what, if you'd go to God and pray for your home and invite God into that, if, if your marriage is in trouble today, if you just go to God and pray together as a husband and wife and invite God in the middle of it, and say, God, just we want to bring, bring you in. You already know the problem. You already know the problem that my wife has. You know the problems that I have. And you know the problems that I have with her. And you know the problems she has with me. And you know the problems that we're dealing with. And Lord, we're spinning our wheels and fighting with one another. And Lord, you already know the mess. We invite you in. Now, Lord, teach us. Teach us. Teach us. Teach us. I want to tell you something. There's power in that kind of prayer. It'll break the bondage of your sour marriage. Why don't you stop fighting every day and just go to prayer every day? Uh, Your homes can be homes, enclaves of prayer unto God. God. They're praying unto God. I remember, I remember one time, you know, we don't, we don't need to pray to impress each other. Sometimes you go to a prayer meeting, and you think, boy, I got to say this right. I was at a prayer meeting years ago in Mississippi, and I was next to this old, this old evangelist. He was up in his 80s. He had been a faithful man of God his whole life, and he was praying. Now, first of all, he was from the deep south, so nobody could understand him but God. And he was up in his 80s, and so nobody could hear him but God. And he got to praying. And if you've ever been around anybody from the South, people in the South just mumble. People come in to see me as a pastor, and they'd say, Pastor, I got a problem. I ain't talking about that. What do you think you can do about that? I don't even know what you said. People in the South say the weirdest things. I had a guy one time come in to me and say, Preacher, you know who that man was he was just talking to? I said, no, who is that? Well, his name's Billy Ray. He's got enough money to burn a wet goat. (laughs) (laughs) Burn a wet goat. I mean, they just talk like that. And this man was praying. And he's praying, oh, and he's pouring his heart out to God. And I want to tell you, he was pouring his heart out to God. And, And a man in the back of the room hollered out, I can't hear you. And that old evangelist stuck his head up and said, I am praying to you. And went right back to praying. <laughs> now, they weren't praying to one another. This church prayed to God. They were going unto God. They were praying fervently in fellowship, in freedom. And they were going right to God and praying in the throne room of Almighty God. Years ago, I had the opportunity to go and, and uh Make a little speech and have prayer before a joint session of Congress in Mississippi and Governor was going to be there lieutenant governor and All the different dignitaries and senators and all the uppity ups Um, And they're all going to be there and I remember driving that 90 miles with my wife early in the morning driving up there And I was driving up there with my wife and and we were invited to go and then we're going to stay over for a little luncheon, And we're going to eat with all these people and we're driving up there And I just remember thinking man, what am I going to say? I'm going to be in there with all these people. What am I going to say? How am I going to do this? What what words am I going to use? How do I maximize this moment? And I had this opportunity. And boy, I I mean, for 90 miles, I just wrestled with that. I got to thinking, you know, if I had so much concern about what I was going to say to these men who in this world of politics had power, how much more should I enter into the throne room of Almighty God? with a heart ready to meet Him, to bring my petitions before Him. You know, this may sound trite to you. And this might seem well, Pastor, yeah, everybody knows that. But I want to tell you, I, I had a thought the other day in my office praying. and <laughs> I, I, I was kneeling at the chair just praying. And I had the thought, I'm praying to Almighty God. I mean, it's just me and him, the one who spoke the world into existence, he flung the stars in space. I mean, do you know how big God is? Do you know how much power God has? And I got to walk right into his throne room, walk right up to his throne, and have authority to say, Lord, I sure need you today. And I was talking to him. Oh, listen, how oftentimes we come before God with such, with such unprepared hearts, unprepared prayers. We come before God and we're talking to God. God answers prayer. Then Almighty God, and we ought to pray. We're going into the throne room. Jesus, God said in Jeremiah chapter 33:3, 3, He said, call unto me. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Think about that. Let that just sit down deep in your soul for a minute. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Could you imagine just calling on God and God answering you? John Newton wrote, Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring for his grace and power are sure. None can ever ask too much. What a God. You know, somebody say, well, Pastor, I don't want to pray about that. That's a little. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't just pray about the little things. I want to pray about the big things. Ever dawn on you that you've never brought a big prayer to God? There's nothing too big for God. I mean, your biggest prayers, nothing to God? Bring to God let me ask you a question today. What are you praying for that's impossible? God doesn't want to just answer difficult prayers God doesn't want to just answer hard prayers God wants to answer Impossible prayers for with men. This is impossible but with God all things are possible Are you praying for anything today? That is an impossible prayer? I? Mean if God doesn't do it, it's not gonna get done. God said well In the book of Isaiah, he said, let me roll up my sleeve and show you my arm. There's nothing too hard for me. We need to go to God and pray unto God. They prayed unto God. That's the faith of their prayer. Let me finish with this. Let me show you the focus of their prayer. And I'll finish with this this morning. Look at the focus of their prayer. Watch this. But prayer was made. That's the freedom to pray. But prayer was made without ceasing. That's the fervency of prayer. Of the church, that's the fellowship of prayer. Unto God, that's the faith of our prayer. But notice this. Unto God, watch it, for Him. Well, who's the Him there? That's Peter. For whom? For Peter. And now watch this. They went to God in prayer for Peter. Now you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about focus of prayer. I'm talking about they prayed a specific prayer. They went to god prayers Peter's in prison. He's going to be executed in the morning. What are we going to do? We're going to go to prayer, and we're going to pray for Peter. And we're going to pray for Peter. And we're going to pray for Peter. And we're going to pray that God would do something great and save Peter. God, deliver him. God, help him. God, be with him. God, bring him out. God, do this mighty work. God, show yourself mighty. This church went without without ceasing, and they went with fervency. They went together. They went to God, and they prayed for Peter. And I want to tell you, church, one of the reasons why, I don't think we see chain-breaking prayer, nation-delivering prayer, bondage-breaking prayer. One of the reasons we don't see it is because we pray in generalizations. Oh, God, bless all the sick. God, save the lost. And somewhere out there, some sick guy might get better and some lost guy might get saved and there's no accountability to our prayer. We can't really ever determine if it was our prayer or not. Sometimes we pray in generalities because we don't want to be faced with the fact of whether God answered our prayer or not. So sometimes we just pray in general. Oh God, give them healing. God, God bless this church. Well, what do you mean bless this church? What do you want God to bless the church with? Pray, pray specifically, pray believing. Oh God, we need you. And they went to prayer and they prayed specific. You know, we pray too many safe prayers. (laughs) We just pray safe prayers. We need to pray specifically. And if you're praying specifically about something that God doesn't want you to have, then you need to be praying that God will just change your want to. God, change what I'm praying for. This is what I'm praying for, but God, I'm bringing this to you. Do you answer this the way only you can answer it? And God, if I'm praying for the wrong thing, change the way I'm praying. But God, I'm praying for this. I'm praying for this. I remember years ago, I was a 40, 46 years ago tomorrow, 46 years ago tomorrow, my mom and dad, by God's grace, started a church in Colorado Springs. I was two years old. We had knocked 500 doors a week. My mom would load me up in a little wagon. We'd go to a neighborhood and she'd pull me on that wagon and we'd go hand out flyers for hours and hours and hours. And we had a big 3rd of July picnic and then a 4th of July service. It was a charter service. We signed a big scroll. I didn't because I wasn't saved and baptized. I couldn't be a member of the church, but all the charter members signed a big old scroll. It looked like the Declaration of Independence. It was on the Bicentennial of America. And at the start of that church, 46 years ago, And the church began to grow and grow and grow. And several years after we had been um, bouncing from building to building, we were renting. We'd outgrow that building. We'd go to another building and we'd outgrow that building. We'd go to another building, outgrow that building. And so we were praying for some property. I'll never forget, my dad got the family in the old Buick one day and we drove up the road. And there was a for sale sign on five acres of land. And my dad, I'll never forget, I was about seven years old. My dad got all of us out of the car. He said, now I want everybody to stand in line. I'm going to go first, mom behind me, and then oldest to youngest, all the way down. Dean, you bring up, bring up the rear back there. You're the bumper. And we're going to walk this five acres, or we're going to ask God for this five acres. And he said, watch for snakes. <laughs> I was really glad I was the last one in line. And boy, we begin to tromp through those weeds, and we started walking that line, and we were praying. And I could hear Dad just, oh, God. Oh, God, we need a miracle. God, we need some land to build. We need a place of our own. Oh, God, your church is in need. We want this land. We're asking for this land. We're asking for this piece of property. God, give us this property. Oh, God, give us this property. I remember we marched all the way around that thing. I was a little kid. I remember thinking there was a big old for sale sign, one of those big boards out there in the middle of it with the big posts. And we walked around that thing, walked around that thing, walked around that thing, walked around that thing. I kept waiting for that big post to fall over like the walls of Jericho. And, uh, and just God would just send down the title deed or something. We were walking around praying and praying and praying. Then dad gathered us all around and we went and laid our hands on that post. We all got on our knees in that dirt and we prayed for God to give us that land. Let me tell you something. We were praying specifically for that piece of property. But let me tell you what God had in mind. Right behind us, up the road of Stone's Throw, was 20 acres of land on the highest point of the city. And God said, listen, <laughs> you're praying for land, and I'm giving you land, but I'm not giving you that land. I got land back right there behind you I'm going to give you. And God gave us 20 acres of land, scot-free. And we, it was valued at $3.5 million in 1980. And God gave that land. Why? Because there was a a daddy and a mama who specifically believe God to answer specific prayers. God, we want this. God, we want this. God, we need this. God, answer prayer. You have not because you ask not. Now, let me tell you something. You, in this book right here, you have thousands of Bible promises for answer to prayer. Thousands of prayer promises. And you have hundreds of glimpses of what God's will is. This is God's will. If you'll take those prayer promises and you'll put those into God's will and you'll pray for them specifically, brother, you can just count on God to answer it. You can count on God to answer it. You know, light in here is bouncing around in all kinds of light waves. But Scientists years ago began to focus light into a thin beam and they put all of the they put all of the, the waves of light into a, into a pattern where they move together in their peaks and valleys into a laser focus. That light on a narrow beam can travel for a long way and laser can do amazing things when you focus that light You bring it all into a harmony and a movement. And let me tell you something. When you take your prayer in the promises of God, in the will of God, with the people of God, and you bring them to God with laser focus, let me tell you something. God answers that kind of prayer. It's the focus of their prayer. And let me tell you how it all ended up. Verse number six, when Herod came to get, he would have brought Peter forth that same night. Peter was sleeping, remember that? And he was bound with two chains, and the keepers of the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Let me tell you what happened when this church got together and prayed. And they prayed in focus. And they went to God. And they took God at his word and prayed specifically that God would do something for Peter. Let me tell you what happened. God did it. And God brought Peter out of that prison. God brought him out of there, took him out of the Iron Gate, and then the angel just left him there. Peter didn't know what to do. He thought, well, I wonder if the church is at a prayer meeting. So he went to John Mark's house, where his mother lived. John Mark's mother, Mary, went over there, and Peter knocked on the door. Remember this? They're all in there praying, fervently, focused, fellowship. I mean, they're praying. Remember that? Peter knocked on the old wooden door. (laughs) And remember Rhoda, a teenage girl? Leave it to a teenage girl. She had to be blonde. She ran to the door. She looked out the door. She was astonished. She said, it's Peter. She ran back in and she said, hey, everybody. They're all praying. She interrupted the prayer. Hey, everybody. Peter's at the door. And they said, Rhoda, keep it down. We're praying. We're praying for Peter. No, 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 no. He's at the door. I just saw him. He's knocking at the door. And they said, oh, it's probably just his angel. It's probably just a spirit. It's probably his guardian angel. But he's in prison. He's behind the bars. He's chained up. Don't you understand? There are 16 soldiers. He's in the inner part. He's chained up. He's dying in the morning. There's no way it can be him. And she said, it's him. Come and see. She went and opened that door. Peter came in and the Bible said they were all amazed. Have you ever been praying for something and God answered it and you said, I can't believe it? Or am I the only one? I remember one time my wife and I were praying for something, praying for something, praying for something. She said, God's going to give it to us. We prayed and prayed and prayed. And listen, God gave it to us. I came home and said, babe, you won't believe it. She said, God answered our prayer. Yeah, you won't believe it. She said, God did this. You won't believe it. She said, well, that's what we were praying for. I said, yeah, but I can't believe it. Oh, when God does things only God can do. (laughs) But can I tell you what? Listen, hey, can I tell you this? Church, God could open the iron gate, but the church had to open that wooden door. You know, prayer is no substitute for work. I mean, what good is it just to pray for God to do something? God, give me money. God said, well, I'll give you a job. Prayers no substitute for common sense. Prayers no substitute for for labor and work. Prayers no substitute for obedience Remember what the lord said the lord said here. Here's what I want you to do when lazarus died. He said I want you to Remove the stone Now you roll away the stone and i'll raise the dead you can't raise the dead But you can you can roll away the stone. Remember what he said you fill the water pots i'll turn it to wine Yeah, you can't do the one thing, but you can do the other. Hey, listen, listen, listen. You need to work as though everything depends on you and pray as though everything depends on God. And what I'm saying is, is you need to do the things that you know to do. It's it's a a wrong thing to sit on our hands and say, oh God, bless our country. But we're not not witnessing to our neighbors. We're not spreading the gospel to our country. We're not praying fervently, focusedly on our leaders and praying for God to remove those and bring some down and bring others up. And we're not engaged and involved and we're not living in the life that says, I'm going to seek the peace of the city in which I live. I'm going to be involved in the peaceful, uh, the peaceful inhabitants of this city. I'm going to better this place in my own life. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm I'm not going to uh, go down the road and cuss out people. I'm driving down the street and I'm, I'm going to live the Christian life and I'm going to live in obedience to God and I'm going to pray for God to do what he can do and I'm going to do what I can do. Boy, they brought Peter in, and I'm telling you, you talk about a rejoicing time. They, <laughs> in fact, in verse 16, they were all astonished. Peter had to beckon with the hand to get them quiet so he could say something. And Peter said, Hey, hush, shh, stop it, listen, hey, it is me, Peter. And they're like, We can't believe it. We prayed, but we didn't, we didn't. You know, we need some old fashioned wow again in the church. When's the last time you had a wow? God did what? Wow. I stand amazed. When's the last time you were astonished by God? Can I tell you something? That angel came and fetched out Peter from the prison. But it was prayer that went and fetched the angel. And today, our churches need to learn how to pray. Bondage-breaking prayer. How's your prayer life today? Are you praying? Are you humbling yourself and seeking God? We need to pray. Now, friend, I want to tell you today If you don't know God as a heavenly father, if you've never been born again, listen to me. Listen to me. The prayer that you need to pray today is a prayer of repentance and a prayer of faith in Jesus Christ. It's a prayer to receive Christ as Savior. It's a prayer that says, Lord, I'm lost, and I'm on my way to hell, and there's nothing I can do to save myself. I can't live a good enough life. I can't be baptized. I can't take communion. I can't be nice to my neighbor. I just can't, I can't smile my way to heaven. Oh, God, I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness. I need mercy, and I'm coming trusting Jesus Christ to be my Savior. And if you come to him by faith, listen to me, if you come to him by faith, the Bible, on the authority of this book, I can tell you right now, the Bible says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power, become the sons of God. Now you can walk into the very throne room of God and you can say, Father (laughs) I'm one of your children forgiven and accepted in Jesus Christ Oh Father I want to come before you and worship you and pray until you've been saved you can't do that if you've never been born again today you need to be born again and Christian, if you're living in a prayerless life Today is the day where you say, God, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Lord, we thank you for the prayer that was made. And we thank you for the angel that was sent. And we thank you for the miracle that was done. And oh God, how many things would you want to do today? And yet, we are prayerless. We worry, we fret, we complain, we gripe. And yet we don't pray. Oh Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I pray today for that one who does not know Christ as Savior. May today, right where they sit, they would come to know Christ. May the Holy Spirit draw their heart to Jesus today. May they find you as a merciful, wonderful Savior. Lord, hear prayer today. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Who's here? We say, Pastor, I'm that one today. There may be others, but I'm, I can't answer for them. I can only answer for me. I don't know Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, but today I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven today. I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I come to Him today receiving him by faith would you slip your hand way up high and say pastor that's me today i don't know christ but i want to be saved today would you slip your hand way up high and let me pray with you i want to see uh, that hand today that just says lord this is me it's me i'm coming to christ the best way i know how by faith who's here today would say pastor god spoke to my heart today i need to pray fervently I need to pray in faith. I need to pray focused, and God dealt with me today. I want the Lord to help me to be a prayer warrior. Would you slip your hand way up high, way up high? My hand is with your hand. Oh, God, help us today. God, help us today. Would you stand quietly to your feet? If you're able to stand, would you stand? I'm gonna ask in just a moment, I'm gonna pray. And if you don't know Christ as Savior, would you just leave your seat, go right to the back? We have men and ladies right there in the back that will take the Bible. They'll show you some scripture and then they'll seal a decision with prayer. They'll pray with you and they'll help you to pray. It's a wonderful thing to know Christ. I'm going to ask Melissa to begin to play today as you slip from your seat to go to the back to be saved. Believer, would you today, right where you stand, say, oh Lord, forgive me for my prayerlessness. There's a lot of giants in my life. There's bondage. Lord I want to pray I'm going to bring these to you in prayer We thank you today for the promise of hearing prayer. And Lord, that we get to partner in prayer with each other and come to the God of the universe. Lord, you have all power. And I pray that your church in this day would learn to pray. That we would pray fervently and expectantly. And Lord, that we would pray with focus, and we would see the mighty hand of God. Lord, teach us, I pray, like this early church, to overcome all the wickedness of this old world through prayer. Lord, help us, I pray today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen.